There we go. So we are back in the studio. Welcome to the big show. <laughs> I'm still Tim. I am also still Sue. Yes. And we can't even hide. We can't, <laughs> yes. we can't even hide guests anymore. So we used to, we used to have big reveal. Be like, <laughs> just There's no like, reveal. Hey. We can just like. Like we start yeah, over and hide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just go, Pop up. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to slide over the last name anyway because it sounds French. I'm going to say French Dan Genot. Dan Genot. Damn it! <laughs> that's okay. The interview is over. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Most people get it wrong. And this is just a, an opportunity for me to educate people. Genot. It's like je ne sais quoi. Not. Genot. <laughs> How do you feel about those potatoes over there? Should not. There you go. You got it. Which would be weird because it's potatoes. I don't think therefore should not. <laughs> I like it. I like now it. I'm going to remember that. See? Boom. It's good. It's a good mnemonic. <laughs> For me to remember my own. Right, just in case. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and we go back with Dan. We and do. I had We've been trying ever since 2014. 2014. We go back, but I feel like you don't really remember. Well, I did. It was we in the midst. Really yeah. yes. <laughs> midst of your 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 run for the right. 24 hour. No, longer than 24 48. hour. 48 hour uh, live. And um, he was broadcast. Like, he came in for like hour 19. I'm like, okay, I remember talking about Assassin's Creed, but I didn't remember until you told me about it. And I'm like, Hour 19, I was already that far gone. <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> Not a good sign. But you guys did it. Yeah. It was yes. Before I jumped in the pool. Had to be before I jumped in the pool. You were yeah. dry. All I can say is you were dry. <laughs> Very assertive in my wits. Following <laughs> <laughs> out. Um, so I don't even know where to start with your with your work. Oh, but we could start with, because I don't remember it, your all-time favorite movie. Yeah, who knows if we even asked that. That's right. Oh. This predicts how the rest of the interview goes. Oh my god, I didn't know you were going to So much pressure. <laughs> that is a huge amount of right? pressure. My all-time favorite movie. All oh my gosh. And while he's thinking, twinsies. Um, yeah, maybe some thinking music? And that'll come up too. <laughs> because now, especially yeah, now that you like stressful music. <laughs> like there's only one right answer. <laughs> is that your final answer? <laughs> But now, especially now that you said that it's going to, it's going to affect the rest oh, of the interview. It's going to affect like, everything. I am just like blanking now. But um, let's say that one of this my all-time yeah. favorite movies um, is Mallrats by Kevin Smith. Sure. Nice. Yeah. Which is a real throwback, and to be honest, I haven't seen it in a long time. But it was a movie that I watched over and over and over yeah. before it came out. And in my teenage, in my teenage years, when I thought I still wanted to be a director and a writer, mm. Kevin Smith for a while was right. he was my guy yeah. with Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and and then Dogma. I was just like, yep, that's you know, uh, that's what I want to do. Um, but you know, Mallrats now, if I ever watch it, it's probably incredibly juvenile. I mean, it is. We oh, know. Totally it. Is. We know. It's yeah. um, like a chocolate pretzel. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, can I change that? <laughs> I can add to it. But here's a great tie-in because I, you know, I love my IMDb and I was pulling up stuff. And, you know, because our friend Stacey Mustison, I recently had her birthday. Did you know that Kevin Smith actually wanted her for the female lead for that movie? Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. But Hollywood. Sorry, Stacey. I love you, and you know I do. But Hollywood. Hollywood is dumb. That she was. 
well, put together the film. That's so interesting because one of the things that I like about that movie too is that it's very much like a movie that was made on a budget, mm -hmm. and you can tell. And it seems to me like Shannon Doherty, that that female lead, that or the female lead. there's another yep. uh, woman as well, but uh, Shannon Doherty doesn't seem like she's having the best time. No, I don't think she is. Or is necessarily in on the joke. Right. And then there's even a joke in the movie about her, like someone calls her Brenda, yeah, and she like gives them a uh, you know yeah. skate yeah. 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 you know? But it felt like she, yeah, maybe yeah. she didn't want to do it. <laughs> When? She didn't uh, 90210 get birthed because they wanted to buy the rights to the grassy and, and yeah. sell them. Weird, so they right? They came up with their own. So now that it's, it all comes oh, around. Oh, sure. Well, it all comes around. Drake. Yeah, Drake. It all comes around. Yeah. Interview's over now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what my view from the six is. I'll tell you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But I mean, I, I scroll through IMDb just because you know, you I know you're trying. You're looking for no. You gotta freshen up. I gotta know everything because you've done. You've done tons of stuff. I mean, including who, who can forget? Creed, who can forget? We talked to you after the first right. one. But then you yeah. for the for uh, Unity, right? Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. I did just like a yeah. uh, DLC for it, like a little yeah. mini oh, mini game sequel called Dead Kings. Uh, I don't really remember when that happened, but most of the game we was, don't remember much. <laughs> <on>. Yeah, <laughs> the game was. Uh, I did most of my work for the game in Montreal, but then Dead Kings was here at the Ubisoft studio oh. in Toronto. Um, but yeah, that was that was wild. Uh, so much fun. I wish that I could do. I haven't done motion capture since I did. Assassin's Creed. I'm waiting for them to call me. Ubisoft, what's up? Guys, come on. Um, I actually have a tie-in question from our, uh, uh, our patrons. Wow. Oh, cool. Suzanne, the lovely Suzanne. Um, yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, yes. Did nice. you enjoy doing Assassin's Creed, and will you do more motion capture roles? So the answer is <laughs> oh, oh, if they yes, call. Yes, if they call. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Serkis ever retires. Yeah, exactly. Right? Stop monopolizing all the roles, right. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great, had such a cool time doing Assassin's Creed. Like, because it's just this really interesting, doing motion capture is like a really cool mix of theater and TV. Um, because it's like theater because the performance is like bigger and yeah, more animated yeah. and more stylized. But it's like TV because, I mean, you're being filmed with cameras, but you don't really have to worry about where the cameras are because they're everywhere, you know? <laughs> you're surrounded by literally, I don't know what it was, hundreds of small cameras plus the cameras that are following you around. And so you could just kind of concentrate on bringing these, these characters to life. And you're just using so much of your imagination because nothing's actually there, right? <laughs> uh, so that, to me, feels like theater. I'm like improv. I do a lot of improv, and so you're just... Built, creating this whole world around you, like okay, so Notre Dame Cathedral is right there. Look up at it and be in, be impressed. And I got to do like a little bit of stunt stuff. Although I mean, everyone who knows the game is like, you did that? Oh my God, you must be like in such crazy good shape. But I'm like, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I did the speaking with an accent part, and then like, then they called in like a super cool parkour expert stunt guy to do everything else. <laughs> but uh, I get to do a little bit of stuff, a little bit of like, you know, grabbing guys by the throat, right? You know, pulling out a sword. Then once I got into the actual sword fight, that's not me. No, no, no. You don't pay me enough for that. You know? <laughs> No, it was, it was so much fun. Um, but I, I wish I could do more, but they, I guess they decided with Assassin's Creed at least that they're kind of doing one character per game right. and oh. moving on. But just even just a few weeks ago, I was in a, in a minor uh, uh, Twitter, 
well, Ubisoft was like, watch what you say, because I made a non-committal response to someone saying, are you going to be in Assassin's Creed Origins, which is like this the, uh, the new one that's coming out, that's going to, I guess, feature previous uh, uh, Assassins. Okay. And all I wrote was like, cannot confirm or deny. Which I thought, I mean, I know I was being playful, but I thought, I'm not saying anything. Right. Yeah. But then people jumped on that. Oh, yeah. Like, started retweeting it, and they're like, oh, What's he that's, saying? Like, he's pretty much saying he's in it. So I was like, no, no, I was saying I'm not in it. <laughs> and then I actually had someone from Ubisoft be like, um, just, uh, people, you know how these fans are. They, they jump on the smallest little crumb, so just... Don't be playful. <laughs> Stop being so nice, just, damn it. Yeah, watch what Don't you say. Play. Yeah, um, but they were they were so cool, and I and I in my in my in the email I wrote back to them saying, guys, I'm so sorry to cause you any trouble, but hey, if you are hiring, <laughs> I'm free. I love right it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so hopefully, Suzanne. Hopefully, down the road, I'll do yeah. some more Assassin's Creed stuff, or just some more motion capture stuff, because it's uh, such a great sandbox to play in. And then the other thing I want to start with with their interviews because, like I said, I scroll through I, their IMDb page, yeah. and there, there are fun stuff to play with. Yes. Like, who can forget young FBI agent in Red <laughs> Two? <laughs> I hey, saw that too. You're scrolling. Hey, I will never forget young FBI agent. I got to work with Bruce Willis. Right. I got to get shot next to Bruce Willis, and um, they actually. That was like my first uh, sort of, you know, working with a celebrity. Um, I mean, working is a stretch. But <laughs> Bruce, Getting shot next to uh, Yeah. Bruce was there. Would he ever have known that I was there? Hard to say. But uh, <laughs> but I did get to, I shot a day in Montreal on this, on this movie. And then like a month later, I shot a day in London, England. And I'm like, they're flying me out to London. I suppose we must be shooting that scene like in front of a London landmark. Right. But no, we're just shooting it in a studio. In a studio. In <laughs> it's just how their schedule worked out, and it was like, they, it made more sense for them to fly right me out there. to London for five days, uh, you know, rather than to shoot that one scene in Montreal. Oh, whatever. But uh, yeah, I got to like um, be in a room with Bruce Willis and um, oh, what's the name of the guy who shot me? Neil Don uh, Mc McDonough. Oh, he's this oh, great actor. Yeah, 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 exactly. From Star Trek First Contact. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, great actor. Right. He's the dude who shot me. Yeah. So, um, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, pedigree right there. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was very cool. I think my, my highlight from that, though, was like trying to make Bruce Willis laugh. Um, and I, it was this scene where, the first scene, where I'm in, just in the background, where like these FBI agents who show up at um, John Malkovich's funeral mm -hmm. or something to to take Bruce Willis into custody. And um, we we walk away with him, there's three FBI agents and, and him, and, and we um, uh, we walk around the front of this Jeep. That's the end of the scene, it's, you don't see that part anymore, but we're walking around the front. And after we'd done it a few times, the way we were all walking, it was as if we were bringing him to the, the driver's side door, <laughs> and so, as our prisoner or whatever, and so I, I made that joke, I was like, after the third or fourth take, I was like, it's like we're going to let you drive the car. And he was like... <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I got like a chortle. I got a chortle out of John McClane. And like, the rest of the time, he was so like, just like serious and humorless. I'm going to say it, humorless. And so to get that little thing out of him, I was like, boom! Take that! And then... Uh, a month later, shooting in London, he obviously did not remember me from that one day in Montreal. I tried to make another joke, really minor, just toss it away kind of thing. 
And he looked at me like, <laughs> I was like, okay. How dare you? I know my place. Yeah. I know my place. Yeah. You can shoot me now. <laughs> yeah. Give me your gun. Yeah. yeah. Do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Bruce. Anyway, that was the the the, the, the story of young FBI. Agent. See, I I just I just love because you can watch how how a person's career progresses. I mean, yeah. I mean, tomorrow night's guest. I've already looked at hers, and there are lots of goofy things like that. Jessica Greco has tons of those. Oh, yeah. I adore you, Jessica, but you've got tons of those funny little quirks, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. So, so it's not meant as a dig. Just oh, no, no. It was great like, fun. The, the, the credit that they give you, like whatever the title right? is, it's like, what? How did you even? <laughs> yeah, Young FBI agent. I actually have, like, I don't know if the names all come across there in my, in my resume, but I, I, for a while, got a lot of, like, FBI agent um, jail guard, um, <laughs> like, uniformed jerk kind of role. <laughs> yeah, for a while. For the, like, hopefully I won't go back to playing young, young FBI agent. Yeah. I guess you now know, I'll be more like middle-aged middle-aged guy. Trying to make his way. Yeah, yeah. But for a while, I don't know why, I was like playing like kind of like like low-level authority figures. Like, who had no We're authority. We're just abusing, yeah. their, abusing their little bit of power that they have. Yeah, yeah. And who the main character like punches or shoots right. or, yeah. or, uh, or disdainfully shy. looks at. Like <laughs> Stay away from my craft services. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I had no idea we were going to go that way. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, we would, of course, would be, well, I mean, like, Fargo? Come on. We got to do an episode of Fargo. That yeah. series right now is just, it, that's oh, on fire right now. You know what's, like, wow, yeah, what's very cool, what's extra cool about that? I mean, okay, Fargo... The film Fargo, amazing, right? The show they made out of it. I know. Incredible. <laughs> Who would have thought that like a two-hour film could be translated into something that's still going? Yeah, yeah. So And yet you think about it, it's like, yes. Yeah. Once the world established, oh, totally. go you can play, play it. it. Yeah, right? yeah. And then and then what 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 Noah Hawley, the creator of the show, was doing with it wasn't even just playing in the world of Fargo, he was playing in the world of the Coen brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were all these like themes and images and characters who were like drawn from different movies without being oh it's the guy from right. yeah. Yeah. it's Gold the dude <laughs> it's like he's like the he's the, yeah. the same vibe as the guy the killer from no country for old men or uh oh, amazing and then so the thing that i did was for the second season of it and when i was auditioning for it what the part was was had the breakdown for the role was Okay, so in the second season of Fargo, um, Bruce Campbell is playing Ronald Reagan. Oh, and Wait, Ronald, yes, Ronald Reagan. Love you, Bruce. Yeah, and there's going to be a flashback to, not a flashback, but one of Reagan's old movies is going to be playing on TV. Okay. And so we're looking and for an actor to do... A Bruce, a young Bruce Campbell slash young Ronald Reagan as an actor. Uh -oh. And I was like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I just so I'm like, do, do I need to brush up on my Bruce Campbell impression or my oh, Ronald Reagan impression? You know. Uh, and then we there was this amazing scene that was uh, going to be from the movie that was all about like you know it was like a, a fake old Reagan movie where it's sort of serious because it's a wartime movie but also kind of ridiculous because it's like a movie from yeah. the, uh, the 50s and I auditioned with it and got the part but then they cut that scene from oh. it and so all I was doing I mean I was still in the show but like I'm just in a uniform at the top of a stair staircase 
shooting a Nazi and then saying like, take that, you Nazi rat. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, still pretty cool, still pretty cool. Totally cool. And then I saw the final version and Bruce Campbell dubbed my dubbed ah. over my voice, so I'm not doing a. It's him. It's my mouth, but Bruce Campbell's voice coming out, which is which still pretty cool. cool. Yeah, still pretty cool. But like, really, they just needed me to stand there and go. That's it. That was what I paid for. <laughs> but pretty cool. I mean, I'm so pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Bruce Campbell doesn't do that for me. You have to say. And then, you know. I guess that's what they did with Dark Matter, too, right? With one's voice? Nope. It's my it was voice. actually your voice. Yeah. Wow. It was my voice. I, mean, I, was actually, I was watching it and I was like, is that actually him talking? Because you sounded like pretty much exactly like Cool, him. cool. This is what I look like now. <laughs> <Or> this <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. I really look like. Right? Um, in what I. In, no, I saw it. I saw it. The, yeah, it's me. It's my voice. Now I'm like second guessing <laughs> myself, you know? I think that's me. No, no, it really was me. Um, yeah, so yeah, in Dark Matter, I got to play like the genetic original of one, uh, Mark Ben David's character. And that was cool because uh, to prepare for it, I asked them if I could watch some of his stuff. Because sure. this was while the first season was still shooting, nothing was out yeah. yet. Um, so they sent me a couple of scenes of Mark Ben David's performance and I got to kind of figure out like, okay, I'm trying to do, again, like doing like a, an imitation of someone else. But I, I, I got to keep my own voice. <laughs> what was fun about that too was that, that we did this one scene where we have we're going after these bad guys um, and we've got guns and I had to, so I asked like okay so is one the guy and the one the guy who normally plays one are they like confident and comfortable with firearms or what's what's the deal you know and the stunt coordinator was like well that's you know good question Mark uh, is specifically playing it as someone who isn't particularly comfortable with guns so a bit nervous a bit of like the shoulders up kind of thing you know like not ready for the for the recoil and so I uh, I got to do that and I'm like I hope it comes across and I'm not just like I don't know how to hold a gun but <laughs> you know kind of like <laughs> going down the hallways like this. Um, this is how they do it on TV. I've seen it. Not like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And then, and because it's you know a sci-fi show, I kept. I'm still wondering, might they bring me back at some point? Yeah, it happens all the time. And I, as I understand it now, like in the second season, characters came back who had been killed in the first season. I haven't watched the. What's is that? Is that spoilers? Only if you haven't watched season two. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. I haven't watched season two. Um, anyway, some people come back. I don't know. I won't say who. But um, not this guy. Not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. There was also, like, kind of a, not a time jump, but, like, a parallel world jump where I was like, oh. would be alive in this. Oh, cool. Maybe not even with his, like, other visage. Right. So visage. I was like, there's a chance. I don't even know if they really explained. Basically, since I saw you on it, in my brain, I've been trying to come up with ways to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, nice. I, I appreciate that. It was so that. brief. <laughs> it was super brief, and I don't even think they really explained in the show like why or how one changed his look. I don't remember yeah, them saying not, like facial reconstructive said surgery. Why? Or... But yeah, like they didn't yeah. really how it got to be so complete. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They said why and yeah. not how. Because he was just trying to impersonate. Yeah, I was trying to look like another guy, so... Yeah, so, <laughs> boom! Jay Firestone, let us pitch to you. We've got great story ideas. <laughs> it happen. It can totally happen. Jay, we're awesome. Um, I do want to talk about uh, Rain, but... Yes. In case people haven't noticed... Dan's kind of funny. 
Dennis. Uh, Actually, that f feeds into, if you don't mind, a quick uh, Suzanne other part. Oh, question. another part. Um, she did basically asked like if you prefer comedy or drama roles, oh, comedic or dramatic. Good question, Suzanne. Coming at us with some great questions. See. Um, <laughs> I and that was just this afternoon. I was like, I'm so sorry. This is so last minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, it's uh, it is a good question, and I I mean not to cop out on an answer, but I wouldn't want to choose just comedic or just dramatic roles right. for the rest of my career. Um, I've always done both. I started doing improv comedy at the same time as I started doing theater, like and mostly dramatic theater, uh, and I always felt I felt then, and I felt I feel now that I do like more TV stuff. You, you want to have both, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, in, in life, too, you don't want to just be um, dealing with heavy stuff all the time, but you also don't want to be just just light and just fluffy and just yeah. uh, absurd with no substance, right? Um, I think we all want a bit of both, and so, but these days I'm definitely leaning more towards comedy. I want to do more comedy because the, especially after having done Rain for a year, mm -hmm. Rain was an awesome show. It was a pretty serious yeah, show. No, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really smile. I didn't rain, you know, um, and so I'm I'm hoping to do more comedic stuff. And it's kind of funny to me. I have a background in improv comedy, and yet I haven't done very much uh, comedic TV. I've done stuff that's got funny moments in it. Like even a show yeah. like Dark Matter has funny moments yeah, in it, but it's not a comedy, you know. Um, and so I would really like to. Get get into more you know full on comedy ridiculous absurd comedy and it just kind of um, there's also a bit of improvisation that can happen more in comedic uh, circumstances like comedic television will allow for improvisation more than dramatic yeah so now I just want to throw the really improv know. questions at him. I improv really questions? I totally do. Because, you know, you're, like, you're, you're like, ask me to do improv? I'm not going to. Because <laughs> <laughs> how can you not? Because this, this had to have come up. Because in Rain, you played Earl Jane Stewart. Not saying spelling, but how do you not play with Jimmy Stewart like that? How do you not? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just too... I was just too in character. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Because <laughs> I said, I'm like, of course. Earl, Jimmy Stewart. Earl Jimmy Stewart. Earl Jimmy Stewart. Look here, Mr. President. Zach, you have a much better Jimmy Stewart than I do. I can't really do it. I'm like, I'm like doing imitations of people's imitations. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you get their, their manners and stuff. You could probably get better manners. Than Jimmy but I, I've got, I can do the voice. Sometimes. But then sometimes it turns into Sean Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh my God. Money Penny. Yeah. Do you want to know how to get Capone? That's the Chicago way. And you should just uh, stop me talking now. <laughs> well, see there, that's comedy, <laughs> that's and then, you know, drama is, uh, is people, people's lives are at stake, right. and that's Conflict fun, too, and, in yeah. another way, but... <laughs> totally. You definitely want a bit of a balance. I mean, ideally, for me, is like, the best kind of thing is a, a show that's funny, but that does have, like, an emotional punch to it, you know? Like, I mean, those are shows like, mm -hmm. I don't know, more, uh... Dramedies, if you want to call it that, or genre yeah, shows are good at that. What's that? Genre shows are good at that. Buffy's a prime example. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a show that's fun, but that has like the kind of uh, sideswipes you with emotion. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't see that coming, and now I'm crying. Right. Yeah. Oh, Jaws. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got your comedy troupe uncalled for. 
Yeah. Right? And yeah. you do all kinds of wacky stuff with them. Yes, yes. Thank goodness for that. That keeps me um, that keeps me light, you know? Because <laughs> I've been working with the uh, the uh, the men of Uncalled For, the men and women, it's mostly men, but <laughs> uh, the, the people of Uncalled For, I've been working with them since 1999. Wow. Wow. So that's uh, going on, you know, whatever that is, 18 years. Yeah, we met um, in college in CGEP. We grew up in Montreal, and so we would go to CGEP there after high school, a couple years of sort of in between high school and university. Uh, great, great program and system. By the way, Ontario, you should pick up CGEP. <laughs> it's amazing. I can't imagine going from high school to choosing what your major is in university. Right. That's crazy. In, in CGEP, you sort of choose like a general program. The first three years. Yeah, right. <laughs> But in CGEP, it's sort of like, it's understood that you're going to do that. It's like, take a broad program like creative arts or natural sciences uh, and see what you like. And, yeah, and, then, and then sort of and then move it around down. and yeah. it down, you know? Anyway, I started in liberal arts in, in CGEP, but then discovered theater and improv and switched into creative right. arts. Started doing theater and, uh, you know, film classes and photography classes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, met. Uh, the, the, the people of Uncalled For, basically is why I got into acting, because I made friends with a guy, Matt Goldberg, thank you buddy, uh, he was like, you should try out for my improv troupe, you're really funny, and I was like, I've never done improv before, and I did, the, for the first time, uh, I did improv uh, in his parents' basement, um, auditioning for his improv troupe, and I was like, this is pretty cool, and um, he, you know, accepted me into the group. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, like, I don't know, a month or two later, performed for the first time in front of a crowd, and it was, like, a competition, and there were 200 people watching. Went out on stage, started making stuff up, as you do at improv. <laughs> and the crowd's, yeah, the crowd's reaction was so just electrifying. I was like, oh, okay, this is what I want to do That's awesome. forever. Uh, it was so exciting. <laughs> And same guy. It's a good environment too because they they want to laugh. Exactly. Like when they get exactly. there, like they're looking to hopefully have a good yeah. time. Yeah, it's so. the best and most forgiving kind of audience because yeah. they uh, an improv audience understands that everything's being made up on the fly. They don't. They're not going in expecting seamless perfection. Um, they're with you. They're on board with you, and they want you to succeed. And so they're just like, yeah, I can't believe you just came up with that. And they start laughing, and it, it, yeah. it kind of builds your energy up and then you give back to them. It's this wonderful uh, reciprocal give and take of energy and it just like, improv is the best kind of live performance to watch. It's so exciting, you know? Um, anyway, so yeah, I started working with this group and uh, there were a bunch of people involved, but over, over time we kind of figured out, oh, these, you know, the five of us were like, became best friends and uh, just started doing all kinds of first improv shows together, and then over the years we toured, did fringe festivals across the country, and then started writing sketch comedy. And sketch is probably a bit, as we've realized, is maybe more of our forte, I guess. Uh, we've written some kind of conceptual sketch comedy. That sounds pretty pretty wonky, wanky, but... Um, it's almost like a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. No, it's sort of like, you know, we liked it, because we all come from theater backgrounds, so we wrote sketch that had more of a theatrical bent to it, like the shows would have a beginning, middle, and an end, they'd have a through line, it wasn't just like a sketch and then a blackout, yeah. and then two minutes while you change costumes and props, and then another sketch that had nothing to do with the first sketch, you know. No, we did stuff that was kind of more free, like flowed into each other, nice. and did like, you know, a lot of nerdy stuff, like we had a show that was 
we had we wrote a show called Today's All Your Birthdays that basically takes place at CERN, and basically the idea is like, could it's sketches and they're not all related, but I guess the philosophical idea is like, could we have created the universe through what the Large Hadron Collider is trying to discover? <laughs> like they're going to smash these. Um, protons together at, at, in ways that will mimic the beginning of the universe. Well, if we, if we don't know what's going to happen, could it be like that we're creating the universe mm -hmm. by doing that? Uh, and but we made it funny. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my uncall for family, and we still write sketches together, and still we have videos online. But it's, it gets harder and harder to do stuff because back in our early twenties, we're all living in Montreal. We're all like. Just sort of floating around and yeah. waiting for our careers to take off. And we had a lot of time to come up with these wacky ideas and to, you know, rehearse <laughs> sketch like comedy. Just trying to find time to get together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now we have kids and we have jobs. Now we're adults. Yeah, we're in different Adulting cities. Is dumb. Yeah, adulting. Who <laughs> needs it? I mean, you know, my kid needs the it. The kids need it. Beyond that. Beyond that. Who needs it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now I don't know whether to jump into the Good Witch or Rain because you know Rain seems to be a more popular show, but you were yeah. on Good Witch just two episodes longer. Yeah. Oh, what's <laughs> that? Two episodes. Yeah, true. Twenty that episodes versus eighteen. Twenty episodes, hey? I don't know if that is factually correct. I am being um, shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> the Good Witch uh, was the first major role I had in TV and and in Toronto. I moved to Toronto about four years ago, and then. I did the CFC, the Canadian, uh, mm -hmm. film, uh, Canadian Film Center's Actor Conservatory, and then got to that job on The Good Witch, which was awesome, mm -hmm. um, because uh, then my wife got pregnant, and so we had the means to support a baby. Yes. Thank you, oh, Hallmark and, and Whizbang and uh, whoever else produced that show. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's an interesting show because nobody's heard about it, but it gets really big numbers. like. Three, four million people watch it a, a week, but it's really, um, it's like a Heartland show. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's to a specific, there's plenty of people in Toronto and Montreal who watch it too, sure. but a big part of the audience is, uh, is kind of um, middle America. Uh, and so a lot of people uh, on the coast, on the elite coast, uh, <laughs> haven't heard of it. Um, or, or, or people will be like, oh my god, you're on The Good Wife? I'm like, no, 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 the good witch. Uh, but anyway. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was a great show, but then uh, Rain came along, and Rain was mm. like a fun show. Right? You know? It's like so juicy and melodramatic, and every episode of Rain is like someone's being betrayed, someone's falling in love, the nation's fate is at stake, there's a plague, or there's like black magic, or there's... Everyone's uh, impeccably dressed. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Super cool costumes. Uh, yeah, Rain was, what a what a cool ride that was. Did you keep anything? Did I keep anything? <laughs> um, <laughs> No. What? I, like, I realize you couldn't walk out with a sword. No, they, they keep a pretty yeah. tight lock on the costumes and um, swords and stuff. Uh, no, I kept the, the thing on the back of my chair that says James. <laughs> See? But that's, yeah. yeah, that would be cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I kept the memories. Aww. Um, <laughs> no, it was super cool. And there's like a cast of um, people from Australia and England and Canada. Uh, 
lots of different accents on the set. <laughs> lots of different accents when you watch the show too, even though they're supposed to be all the same. Um, it's kind of. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. You know? There's a bit of a like, uh, come as you are, <laughs> bring your own accent, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, everyone spoke with British accents, mm -hmm. even though we were in Scotland, England, and France. We yeah. all spoke with British accents, which is also a bit of a theme in my career, I think. People speaking in British accents who should not be speaking in British accents. <laughs> French like, are notorious for that. Yeah. <laughs> Arno Dorian and the French Revolution sounds just like James Stewart, Earl of Moray, Regent King of Scotland. <laughs> okay, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. <laughs> totally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Because I got to do stunts, you know. That's nice. probably the best part of. I got to do more stunts in Rain than I got to do in Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> you know, I got to ride a horse in Rain. I got to have sword fights. Uh, got to do archery, mm. uh, a bit of boxing, and it was so much fun. I was just like, I think as an actor, you just spend a lot of time in your head and like worried about your words. When you get to do something physical, it helps you get, get out of your head and you're not worried about the acting anymore, you're just worried about like, did I get that punch right? Did, yeah. I, did, did that I punch look cool? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, I, remember, I remember telling my wife uh, after a few uh, stunts that I'd done on Rain, I was like, it's funny to say this, but there's... There's nobody whose approval I want more than the stunt coordinator on Rain. Right. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I just like really wanted him to be like, good that job. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Because he was just so cool. Um, and did you get it, the good job? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I mean, you know, he wasn't like, he's a stunt coordinator, so he's like a pretty tough dude. He's, you know, reserved in his enthusiasm. But he <laughs> that was, was amazing. Let me buy you a beer. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> Let me adopt you as my son. Okay. No, there wasn't any of that. But no, he yes, for sure. He would he I think he was pretty happy with what I did. Um, and there was at least one sword fight where we didn't have to use my stunt double. I did the whole thing. Oh, wow. So that was a pretty good uh, acknowledgement validation from him. Him telling the director, no, we don't need the stunt double, Dan's got it. Yes! Boom. <laughs> and I started crying and I ruined the scene. Ruined Dan's not got it. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> Bring the other guy back in. Yeah. yeah. There was the, the last scene I got to, the last uh, stunt scene I got to do, I fought a guy, disarmed him, um, uh, put my arm around him, uh, took his knife out of his scabbard, stabbed him in the chest. With uh, his own knife. With his own knife. Like, maybe broke his neck for good measure, sort of, just like, yeah. and then pulled that knife out, flipped it, and threw it at a guy, and got him right in the chest. He killed two dudes. With really not even your own weapon. Not even my own weapon. And then, um, they banished me. <laughs> because of that fight in the, in, the, in the show, in the plot line, it turned out we had killed the wrong people, but it wasn't my fault, but I told Mary, my sister, Mary Queen of Scots, you have to let me take the fall for this. You have to absolve yourself of the blame. It's the only way that your people will stay loyal to you. So I, I took the fall. She banished me. I was gone for five episodes. <laughs> showed up just right at the end. Right at the end. Of course. As you do. But you know, I don't know if I should say, well, the show's over, so it doesn't really matter. I'll tell you this, because I thought this was really interesting. Mm -hmm. After I got banished, but before we finished uh, filming the show, I saw the show creator, Lori McCarthy, 
uh, we had a dinner in Toronto. Her and some of the people from the network came. We had a very nice dinner, and I and I, I thanked her for like thanks for giving me such a cool role. Also, thanks for even you know even my banishment was pretty heroic. Like I came off as a good guy there, and she was like, "Oh, the banishment." To be honest, that was for purely financial reasons. <laughs> like, they couldn't afford to have all of the cast in every episode. That's right. right. There's right. a big cast yeah. in, in yeah. Rain. <laughs> she was, to her credit, you know what I mean? Like, I'm only saying this. Killed off. So they have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm only saying this now because the show's over, so it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, she, she admitted. She was like, yeah, I mean, it's just because you were in the first ten episodes of the season, and then we were like, oh gosh, we can't have him in every episode. We don't have the budget. Uh, so I, let's banish him. <laughs> but it works for the story. But exactly. Right? In a cool way. <laughs> but I just think it's really fascinating how those kinds of like creative decisions, mm -hmm. m much more often than people realize, are dictated by other factors. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. Like, when you're watching a show, you might be like, why did that character have to die? Or I think of um, Downton Abbey. Did you guys watch Downton Abbey? Yeah, in the like, first two seasons. Yeah. So, in the f at the end of the first the first or second season, spoiler alert, um, Matthew dies. Right. And that was pretty shocking to everyone. And I think it came out on the Christmas special. And I remember reading about, like, all these British families were like, Christmas has been ruined! <laughs> And it was because Dan Stevens was like, I'm going to go be a Hollywood star. See ya. And they were like, uh, I guess we got to kill him in a car crash? I don't know. <laughs> Why not? But they, people think that it's the writers who are just being dicks, you know? No, no more often than not, it's the actors being a dick. There's <laughs> all kinds of that stuff in that book I'm reading right now, too. What, what book? I'm reading uh, The 50 Year Mission, The Next 25 Years. The 50-year intermission? No, the 50-year intermission. Mission. Okay. The next 25 years. Well, it's a two-volume set. Imagine a 50-year intermission now. Right? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be all right. I could do that. That's a siesta. <laughs> <laughs> and the first okay. book's all about Star Trek, the original series. The second book's all about Next Generation, okay, okay, DS9 yeah. Voyager, all that. And it's all in the writer's room. And you, you see how all these edicts come down from, like, suits and mm -hmm. producers and even the actors to some degree. Yeah. But it's all, all these sport, all these forces come together and force you to be even more creative to work around what you might not necessarily have. Yeah, and then and it's even amazing. more. It's even more incredible. When yeah, sometimes the story works out even better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is just stunning. So yeah. I it's like, let's have Fonzie jump a shark. Right, that's <laughs> such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but you know, now we have like a, a cultural expression because of that. Yeah. So. Right. Thanks whoever came up with that great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's weird because I just heard like Ron Howard in my head comment. As you would in Arrested Development. Oh, yes. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Quick cut to some of the comments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Um, I need to ask just because, yeah, because of the costumes. Well, I've got one more for, for oh, okay. It's just in terms of the costumes, because you always yeah. hear uh, you know, uh, the woman having, you know, it's uncomfortable with bodices and everything. Yes. What's the most uncomfortable part of your costume? The most uncomfortable part of my costume in Rain, um, well, probably the boots, actually. Oh. Yeah, you might not uh, think, but some of the boots that I had to wear uh, gave me blisters. And then I was wearing, like, ankle wraps inside my boots. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah. That was uncomfortable, like, or painful, rather. And then we were... Sh we, we shot kind of from July into um, 
December or something. So we went through a lot of different temperatures. <laughs> and in the summer months, uh, wearing like leather pants and then a shirt and then a leather vest and then a leather jacket on top of that was pretty sticky. It was pretty sticky. But damn if you didn't look cool. <laughs> I did, right? I looked super cool. But then every like 90 seconds, there was a makeup person running up to me, like sopping all the, all the sweat off me. I'm just like a sweaty person in general. And so when I'm wearing layer upon layer of leather inside a studio that's baking inside like Toronto oh. summer heat, yeah, right. it, was, it was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. <laughs> and, then, and then like a sword on top of it. Oh, and furs too. Of yeah, course. Of course. And the sword sometimes, if I had to wear it for like really long scenes, and if I made the the mistake of deciding to like have my hand on my sword, that would mean that I was putting pressure on oh, yeah. this shoulder because the the strap goes across and I keep leaning on this and then you know, hours into it, I'd be like, why is my shoulder so effed up? And I'm like, oh, because I made the choice to lean on my sword. Because it looked good. Uh, yeah, it probably, it probably did look cool. It totally but, does. Anytime yeah. somebody does that, just does that lean. And, yeah. yeah. It does. It looks cool. I mean, it gives you a whole new body language when you're wearing all of this stuff, you know, which is cool. That's part of the fun of wearing uh, outland, not outlandish, but like elaborate costumes, is that it, it makes you hold yourself in a different yeah. way, right? So I wouldn't be, I, I'm not sitting like this in right. rain, you know? When I sit down, I have to be like, yeah. <clears throat> you know? <laughs> because if I do this, then like, there's like a buckle busting here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do uh, not move. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for the, for sure, it's hard for the women uh, in rain as well, because they're wearing the corsets, but the advantage they had, when, when they would uh, come off set, when we would just be hanging out in our actor chairs, they could like hike up their skirts and like air out their legs a bit, you know, where the dudes are all wearing these tight legs. <laughs> <bands. laughs> like, I don't even want to move. <laughs> yeah. I'm C3PO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You had one more. Oh, I just wanted to bring out the bolt type. Yeah. This is like the most recent thing. Yeah. Yeah, the bolt type is. Uh, a show that I uh, started working on a couple months ago, and it just aired on um, Freeform, or it is airing right now. Uh, Freeform used to be called ABC Family, and then a couple years ago they rebranded because it's not really a family channel. They play uh, their their biggest show was uh, Pretty Little Liars, which is right. like this, you know, uh, it, it tar targets mostly towards young women, and it's kind of like soapy and. Uh, you know, like scandalous, that kind of show. Um, that one just ended, and the bowl type, I think, in some ways, is a show that they're hoping will will uh, take on the mantle from Pretty Little Liars. But it's it's an amazing show, actually. It's uh, set in uh, the offices of a fashion magazine in New York. Um, it's kind of um, Sex in the City, Devil Wears Prada vibe, more Sex in the City, actually, about young women um, in the city, in the big city, figuring out their careers. And it has, like, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be really frothy and um, weightless, uh, substanceless, mm -hmm. but it's actually dealing with some amazing issues. Uh, like, the number one issue is just kind of, like, young women in the workforce. Mm -hmm. And, like, they write for a women's magazine but the board is all old white men yeah and so there's some like conflict that arises there um but they are, they're also just dealing with stuff like um in the, just in the first four episodes um online harassment and like trolling of mm -hmm. women in 
the uh, tech and gaming worlds, mm -hmm. which is like a real serious thing. Yeah. thing. Um, they're dealing with the treatment of Muslims in Trump's America. Uh, they're dealing with women, young, well, young people figuring out their sexuality. They're dealing with like glass ceiling kind of uh, women not getting paid as much as men. Um, and weirdly enough, it's all like fun to watch. <laughs> it's, it sounds like, if I just list off those things, it sounds like it's like a lecture or it's like uh, aiming for too much. But it, it pulls it off so well, I think. It's like really fun summer entertainment, but with a um, purpose almost, right. with a message. And it's also just very positive, I yeah. guess. Even though it deals with all this heavy stuff, the kind of underlying tone of it is like, we got this. Like, the, there's three friends who are at the core of the show. Their friendship is the kind of the, the, the glue of the show. And they are amazing friends. They're just like it's. It's not unrealistic how good they are to each other, but it's you. You. You would all it's want idealistic. to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's idealistic. Exactly. Yeah. You would all want to have friends that are that good and that like supportive. And um, I play uh, a writer for a men's magazine that's in the same building uh, as the uh, their magazine, same like publishing company. And I am kind of like um, at first a bit of a antagonizer, a yeah, <laughs> to one of the main characters, uh, one who's a writer. Um, we were kind of we just uh, we read each other's articles and think that we know who the other person is. Ah, uh, okay. And so we have this idea. She has this idea that I'm like a um, yeah, like a maybe misogynistic, definitely. Bro-centric kind of yeah, kind of kind of guy, um, and I think that she's sort of fluffy and lightweight because she writes. Um, we both write, or I, I write, sex and relationship uh, columns for a men's magazine, and she starts off writing similar stuff for the women's magazine. So we spar at first, but you—it's that kind of classic uh, banter where you yeah. can tell that there's sparks going on yeah. between these two, and then we kind of fall into a, uh, is this a relationship kind of thing. And it's, it's super fun. Fighting it's all like, the time, it must be. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fighting, the fighting part passes more or less and then they're, they're in a something. They're just trying to figure out what it is. But I think uh, what's cool is like to the credit of the show, it doesn't make relationships the, the be all and end all. Nice. Right. Like, um, like, a, like a lot of shows will, they kind of will focus on like it's all about are these two going to get together? But cheers, moonlighting, <laughs> Rhoda. Take one. <laughs> exactly, you know? Uh, and I mean, you know, you can make that work for a while, I suppose. But uh, this show is more about, like, is, uh, is this young woman going to, like, decide what's best for her? <laughs> mm, right. As opposed to, are they going to get together? It's like, is it good for her if they get together? Right. You know? Um, and... And I don't play a jerk in the end, you, you realize. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great, you know, like it's... Well, it sounds like the, the characters pretty much are all layered, at least, too. Totally. Like, nobody's just, like, one thing or another. For sure, for sure. They're very human characters, yeah. definitely. And what's fun about our storyline is that, uh, yeah, there's these kind of um, assumptions, these masks that are, or not masks, but these uh, 
masks that are put on each other almost. Oh, I know what you're all about, but then, no, no, I'm, we're both three-dimensional people, you know? And, <laughs> well, uh, I know what you're all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It's like, when we were working on it, I felt like this could really be something, and then it aired, the first episode aired like maybe a month ago on Freeform, and it's getting wonderful buzz, nice. like Good. great reviews, and um, I think most of the reviews understand what the show is trying to do. Um, one of the main characters, uh, the boss, the editor, who's also a woman, she says in the first episode something to the effect of, young people want to be politically engaged, so let's engage them. And she says it very matter-of-factly, and she's the, she's the editor of, a fashion, of ostensibly a fashion magazine, mm -hmm. right? But um, it's just kind of underlines something that's happening in uh, magazines yeah. to begin with, real magazines like Teen Vogue right now. Yeah. This is Lauren yeah. Duca who's writing these amazing political pieces that are for anyone to read, you know? <laughs> um, but if young people are reading them, if young women are reading them, amazing. We're going to like, that's, they're going to be on a better path uh, mm -hmm. to be politically um, savvy and aware, you know? And this show is like, we can have a fun show that's about fashion, because it is, it's about like cool outfits, you know? And it can be about like sexy fun times, and it can be funny, but it could also have like a, a political angle, um, and people will be able to accept all of that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's actually really refreshing to see that on, on TV. It's a show that's kind of taking its audience um, seriously, giving them credit, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and it's fun, it's just a fun show. So I'm very, very proud to be a small part of it. I'm just a small part of it. Because I'm just, uh, I'm basically eye candy on the show. <laughs> if we're being honest, I know my part. I know my part. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, it's on right now, and it's like two, it's actually on like right, right now. What time is it? What time? It's, it is 7.30. It's on at 9 o'clock. 9 yeah. o'clock on Tuesdays on Freeform. Today's, today's oh. Tuesday, right? Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, I, I have the, no idea. I got the That's day of the week right. It screws me up. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's my second day of work. Yeah, well, we're in a basement. There's no windows. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how long we've been doing anything. <laughs> that is awesome. So, Dan, Janot. Nice. Thank you. you. Rushed through it, but you got it. Janot. J'accuse. Janot, don't. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Thanks so much Make for having me. Make sure you're following on Twitter. If you're not, I just followed on myself this evening because I realized I wasn't because idiot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter because he tweets all the time, I've noticed. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, who does all kinds of pictures behind the scenes, which is great. Um, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> um, iTunes. And, of course, if you're really, 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 really interested, uh, check out our Patreon account. Cool. And stay tuned for like really cool radio plays coming our way. Extra content and all. Right. <laughs>